Well, that pretty much sum, summarizes everything for a lot of us, right? Welcome to week two of our series called The Squeeze, where we've been talking about problems. My problems, your problems, our problems, everybody's problems. Doesn't matter what your problem is, you've come to the right place, and we hope you brought that problem with you, and hopefully it's not the person sitting beside you, but if it is, we're glad you brought them too. Because life is going to give us lemons, right? And we're going to try to make lemonade, correct? But if you're like a lot of us, you got a lot more lemons, then you have lemonade, and you're trying to figure out what to do with this process of the squeeze that life is putting on you. And as way of a quick review, let me just come back to what we learned together last week. Last week we learned that, hey, your problems are just kind of a part of it. Everybody's got problems. It's always going to kind of be that way. Everybody's going to eventually, and one problem after another is just going to kind of happen. And I know that's kind of a, well, pessimistic way of seeing things. But no, it's really realistic. It's just, it's just life on this side of eternity, on this side of heaven. We're going to have problems. But we learned that our problems don't really get in the way. Our problems actually pave the way. And, and I know that's, not counter, that's kind of counterintuitive. That's not just the way we start. That's not our default setting. Our default setting is, oh, my problem is in my way. My problem is getting in my way. Whatever the problem is, it's in the way of the life I want and the life God wants for me and, 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 the, and the marriage I want and the finances I want and the job I want and the health I want or whatever it is you want. Problems are getting in the way. But that's not the truth. We, we learned together last week. It's actually paving the way to the life God wants for you and... Deep down, if you really look into it, the life you want for yourself, problems pave the way. Now, if you're like, what? That doesn't make sense. Then you need to go back and watch last week, and hopefully then all of that will kind of come together for you. But last week at the very end, we kind of left off with the reality that in the end, our problems are not really the deepest issue. The bigger issue than our problems themselves is our response to our problems, how we respond to our problems. And so today, we're going to start talking about our response, and specifically today, our response to God. But before we do that, I, I want to tell you, because this is very important, I need to tell you about Chippy the parakeet and his really, really bad day. Chippy the parakeet and his really, really bad day. You see, the, the phone rang. And Chippy's owner was cleaning out Chippy's birdcage with a vacuum cleaner. In an instant, the owner reached for the phone and Chippy disappeared. <laughs> yeah. So the phone dropped, there was a scream, and the owner ran over to the vacuum, tore open the vacuum bag, and there was Chippy, covered in dust, gasping for air. Poor little Chippy. She picks Chippy up, runs to the bathroom sink, turns the faucet on, begins to rinse Chippy off. Chippy is shivering in the cold water, so the owner grabs a hairdryer to dry off Chippy until Chippy is a frantic yet fluffed up ball of fur. Yeah. yeah. Chippy has just gone from a content, pretty little bird to having an out-of-cage experience you will never forget. When asked about Chippy, the owner replies, Chippy doesn't sing much anymore. 
He just sits and stares. <laughs> now listen, I know the fact that I think that's funny means I need some serious therapy. But that is just funny to me. It's funny, and some of you, I've just brought you to tears, I've ruined your whole day. And it's like, why would you tell me such a sad bird story? I love little birdies, you know. I have a parakeet. Isn't that interesting, that word parakeet, by the way? Shouldn't there always be two of them? Anyway. Um, <laughs> sorry, that's it. Woo! Out of left field. Here's why I tell you this. Here, here's why this story is so important. Because I know what it's like to feel like Chippy. I've been Chippy. You're <laughs> like, Ben, I'm Chippy right now. That pretty much describes me. I just feel like I'm just sitting and staring my way through life. I'm just like, I'm in a daze. Yeah, we've all been Chippy. We get to a point, our problems become so great. And then, and then you know this, your mind begins to race with you. Your mind begins to race and you have thoughts. Because the thoughts go a little bit like this. Even though it's a cliche. And I feel like the cards are stacked against me. I've had way more than my share. Or whoever's in charge of this whole shooting match. Whoever's in charge of this thing has got it out for me. And I don't know if I can take much more. Thoughts like that. And then the thoughts are followed by assumptions that we make, especially about God. And then those assumptions are followed with conclusions. Well, I mean, I mean, that must mean that God, and we fill in the blank. And that must mean that God, and we fill in the blank, and we draw conclusions. And we certainly, certainly have questions. Lots and lots and lots of questions. But here's the truth. When you've had those chippy moments, it's true about me, it's true about you, it's true about everybody, regardless of how young or how old you are, how spiritual you are, how not, it doesn't, doesn't really matter. This is true. Problems push you towards God. Problems push you. They just do. They have a way of pushing you to God. Problems have a way of making you consider God, to think about God, to interact with God, and it's true for everyone. Even if you're not a religious person, for the atheist who has concluded there is no God often has drawn that conclusion based upon a wrestling match with a certain problem that they can't seem to make sense with. And I don't know why this is happening in my life. And they look at other problems in the world and I don't get that and I don't get that. And how could God? So since I can't reconcile how God could or how God would, that must mean there is no God. That's the line of thinking of many atheists. Pain has draw, driven them to the point of concluding there is no God. Yet, it's true though. This statement is true about an atheist. Problems have pushed them to consider God. Now their conclusions are there, are, there is no God. But at least they're thinking about God. At least they're wrestling with the topic of God. That's something. A non-Christian may, or someone who's not a follower of Jesus, rather, to be more clear, because the word Christian has come to mean so many different things, and it's very specific, someone who doesn't follow Jesus, would say, well, that's why I don't follow Jesus. It's because I have friends who follow Jesus, and I see their problems, 
And I thought getting close to Jesus means that your problems get better. And I look at them and they can't pay their bills and they're struggling with their marriage or they're struggling with their children or they're sick and, and, and they can't get better or they won't get better. And I thought, I, they go to church and they serve and they do all this Jesus stuff. And I thought, I thought that that would make things better, but evidently not. And so that's why I don't follow Jesus. And maybe that's why some of you are here. Or for followers of Jesus. For those who are like, yeah, yeah, I... I am a follower of Jesus. Your problem has pushed you to God in the sense of everything inside of you is just help. God, help. Problems push us to, to God. Even more than good times. Even more than good things. Because see, when things are good, things are good. And we just kind of coast along, right? Enjoying the good life. Hashtag God's you know, blessed. Hashtag God's good. Hashtag, hashtag, you know all this kind of stuff. And we just do all that stuff. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but I think we've kind of overdone it a little bit. You ever seen that? You just, you just, eventually, you just want to say, hashtag shut up. You know? <laughs> but that's not a Christian, nice little Christian thing to say. So you just think it. Anyway. <laughs> we'll, we'll come back around to that. Yeah. But, but, but you're wrestling with this stuff and... More than good times, it's the problem that pushes you to God because it's often not until you face a problem that you go, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. Hey, God. Hey, God. Maybe you're dealing with confusion. You're confused by God or you're frustrated with God. And if you're confused by God or frustrated with God, that's a very normal human reaction. In fact, that may be the posture you have coming in here today or joining us online. This is it. You're, you're confused. I don't understand. I don't get what, what God is doing here or allowing. And, and I'm pretty frustrated, to be honest. That's, that's not an uncommon thing. In fact, I wanted to say this, but I wanted to even write it all out. It's a little long because I, I, I want you to just not just hear it. But I want you to see it because I, I believe this is true. That we assume God will exempt us from problems, remove us from problems, or fix our problems because of God's love for us. And or our love for God. I hear it all the time. Maybe you've said it. We, I, I mean, I hear people say this kind of stuff all the time. I don't get it. I don't get it. I thought God was a God of love. I thought God was love. How could a loving God, and then they fill in the blank. How could God, if God is loving and God is so good, how could God, and then they fill in the blank of what's going on in their life or what's going on in the world around them. Or I hear it like this. I don't get it. I really love God. I'm doing my best to love God. I go to church. I serve. I give. I help old ladies cross streets. I do all these things. I'm trying to really, really, you know, communicate my love for God. And you would think that what I'm going through would only be something somebody goes through who doesn't believe in God. Yeah. Because we assume. See, to be quite honest, this right here, this statement is one of the things that makes a life of faith so challenging. Hard to understand. Hard to grasp. This is one of the things that makes it so difficult. Because let's, let's be honest. We know that God knows. We know that God knows what's going on in our lives. We know he knows. Well, we assume he knows because he's God and God knows everything. And, and here's this next part makes it even more challenging. In fact, you could say it makes it worse. Not only does God know, God could fix it. God could fix them. God could fix that. God could make my problem go away with a thought. Most of us believe that. 
And so when God doesn't, we assume, oh, there must be some kind of reason. There must be some kind of bigger thing I'm not seeing. But in the moment, we really could care less. We don't give a rip about the reason because that doesn't really help us. We just kind of want to freak out. So we freak out. You ever freaked out? You ever freaked out on God? No, I'm a, I'm a man and woman of faith. I don't... <laughs> oh, good for you. The rest of us freak out. We just do. I, I wish I could tell you how many times I've stood on the stage holding a microphone and teaching and trying to help people while on the inside I'm freaking out. I've done a good job hiding it, at least, you know, for you. Now I'm kind of cats out of the bag. But, yeah, I freak out, freak out. And then you have that well-intended person that comes up to you and, well, you know, the Lord works in mysterious ways. Well, you know, I want to choke you right now. Then they just kind of make you, right? Right. It is true. The Lord works in mysterious ways. God works in mysterious ways. But in the moment, that ain't helpful. I don't need, I can't, no one has ever come up to me and told me that. And I suddenly go, well, that just makes everything better. I feel so much better. My problems are better. No, that's a true statement. God does work in mysterious ways, but in the moment, you just kind of want to freak out. And so you freak out on God because our problems push us. They push us. They push us. They push us to God. And it shows up differently, and it looks differently for different people in different ways and different circumstances. For some of you, it may look like blame, and you're blaming God. God, this is your fault. God, you did this. God, you didn't stop this. God, you could have and you didn't. Or maybe it looks like anger and you're angry with God or you're bitter with God. You're like, well, I didn't know you could be angry with God. Yes, you can. Do you think, do you think your human little burst of anger is going to upset the Almighty? What am I going to do? She's mad. <laughs> now, I know some of, you, some of you have hers in your life when she's mad. The earth shakes, but God can handle her. What are we going to do? He's upset. We give ourselves way too much credit. We take ourselves way too seriously. For others of you, hopefully it looks like prayer. And it pushes you to God. It pushes you to God and you have a, a problem and your knee-jerk reaction is to call out to God in prayer. I hope that's true for you. I hope that's true for you. I mean, it's not as true for me as I would want it to be a lot of times. And oftentimes my prayers are not kind of like, you know, you think, you know, I'm a pastor, you know, my prayers are always beautiful and like, oh, Holy Father, you know. No, sometimes they're like, what the heck? You ever had what the heck prayers? You ever prayed what the heck prayers? Bring your what the heck prayers. I need to stop saying that before I slip up. <laughs> That's what my wife is thinking right now. Stop saying that. Yeah, it pushes you to God, pushes you to God. And maybe, 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 hopefully it's prayer. But others of you, you know what it looks like? You're here at church. And the reason you're here is because of your problem. Well, I should get back in church. Well, I should probably give church a cry. Well, I've tried everything else. My friend invited me to church. And they're talking about problems and I got problems. So I, and we're so glad you're here. Maybe that's why you joined us online. And we're so glad that you have. We're so glad that, you, that, that we're all together in this. And so that may be what it looks like for you. It's a great place for us to great next step. But for all of us, all of us, it, it, it causes questions. Questions. You're not alone in your questions. And God can handle your questions. Do you know that thousands of years ago, one of the most honest displays of questions to God and problems we see in the life of King David? 
Now, he was very much like me and you. No, not the king thing. Okay, we don't know what it's like to be king. However, we know what it's like to have problems. And David had a lot of problems. He had, he had all kinds of problems. He had personal problems, marriage problems, family problems, and king problems. He had all kinds of problems. And so David was so honest. I love reading what David wrote, especially in the Psalms. The Psalms is that big, fat book in the, in the part of the Old Testament. It's the biggest one. When you read through that, sometimes I read some of this stuff and I go, wow, I didn't know you could say stuff like that to God and I get struck down. I, is that legal? Is that okay to think, to say? And David was so honest. And here's what, I read that and I go, I know what that, I know what that feels like. I have thought the same thing. Let's look, look, David's just kind of crying out with questions to God. Oh Lord, how long will you forget me? Forever? Have you ever felt like God has forgotten you? I mean, technically you know he hasn't, but it feels like he has. Like he's answering everybody else's prayers but yours. Because you see all their answers to prayer, you know? Instagram, they post it, hashtag blessed. I'm like, hashtag forgotten. <laughs> What's the deal? How long is this gonna go on, God? Forever? Isn't that honest? You ever felt like that? I bet you have. How long will you look the other way? Like God, you feel like God's going like, talk to the hand. I don't, I don't care, I'm, you know, whatever. Right? No, it just it feels like that. How long must I struggle with anguish in my soul, with sorrow in my heart every day, day after day after day? Some of you are right there. You're like, man, I am so sick and tired of this problem. It seems like it's just going on and on and on and on. No amount of praying is helping. No amount of reading my Bible is helping. No amount of going to church or serving or giving or therapy or reading books or anything is helping. How long? Every day. Look at this next part. He says, how long will my enemy have the upper hand? Now, this was David's problem. Now, he's not allegorically talking about Satan. He had an enemy. Like, people were out to kill David. His life physically was in danger. Kind of puts our problems into perspective a little bit, right? And so he's like, God, come on, come on. What's up? All these questions, all these questions. And then watch how he kind of Boils it down. He says, turn and answer me. Turn and answer me. Oh, Lord, my God, restore the sparkle to my eyes or I will die. He, he's saying, I'm about to give up. I'm this close from tapping out and mailing it in. I don't know how much more of this I can take. Some of you are there right now. You're just not Sure, how much more of this you can hold up under? That's honest. I want to give you a couple questions. Just two questions. Very normal, very natural questions. Questions that you may not have known you could ask God. That you should ask God. Just looking at David and, 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 and seeing his example and identifying with his feelings and his thoughts. Here's a couple questions that you should bring to God, and I'll tell you why you should bring them to God. Question number one, with whatever problem you have, start with God, why? God, why? Whatever problem it is. God, why this? God, why them? God, why now? God, why not later? God, why not them? God, why in this way? God, why again? God, why? 
Yes, I am inviting you. You heard me correctly. I am inviting you to ask the Almighty God of heaven and earth why. I know what some of you are thinking. I thought you're not supposed to ask God why. I thought it was a sin to ask God why. Who told you that? Where did you hear that? Well, that's what my grandma always said. Okay, I love your grandma. Her cooking is awesome. But that's not true. Well, I heard this pastor. Oh, that's not true. Nothing wrong with asking God why. He created us with an inquisitive mind. He created us to ask why. That's why. That's why there's medicine. Because somebody started asking why. That's why scientifically we've discovered the things we have because eventually somebody started asking why. That's how you can be in an airplane and fly in a chair through the air because somebody asked why. And why not? Of course, why? 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 Here's why you should ask why. Here's why not only is it okay, but you should start with God why. Because when you ask why, God has your focus. When you're asking God why, where's your focus? Your focus is on him. He has your attention. Even if it drives you to your knees, he has your attention. And when you ask God why, your focus is placed in the right direction. Again, I wish you knew how many times I stood in front of you with a microphone in my hand trying to help you that I am saying in my own life about certain things, God, why? And I need some help. God, why? And I need some help too. God, why? Start with God, why? Now, I know why you ask why, and I know why I ask why. We typically ask why because we're wanting an answer to why, right? We want to know why so we can fix it, so we can change it, so we can make the problem go away. There's nothing wrong with that. But there's a bigger reason to ask why, and the bigger reason is because it puts our focus in the right direction. Because here's the deal. When you come to God with your problem and you say, God, why, your focus is in the right direction, and you just might get an answer to why. You just might. God may lead you to an answer in some way that satisfies your inquisitive mind and you go, okay, that makes sense, and you can go on. But he may not answer your question. You may not know the answer to why, and it's still a good idea to ask why. Why? Because your focus is on him. Even if you don't know why and he doesn't tell you why, perhaps he's not going to. Perhaps only God is going to know. Perhaps if he told you, it would even make things worse. You ever thought about that? You say, well, I want the truth. Maybe God says you can't handle the truth. Maybe God says you, you won't like the why. You won't agree with the why. You will argue with me over the why. I think that would be me. I would be like, oh, oh, well, that's nice to know. Oh, God, 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 God. Come here, come here, come here. Let me, let me help you out. We could have done that a whole lot less painfully. You could have started with an email. And a warning, you know, that would have, you know, a little heads up would have been nice. We could have gotten here a lot. I would have argued with God. We would argue with God, debate with God. Because here's the deal. Either way, either way, either way, whether you get an answer to why or not, your focus at least is on God. 
your attention now is on him. So that's why you ask why. God, why? God, why? Oh, one more thing. This is beautiful. This is amazing. What I'm getting ready to share with you. Because I see it all around me. I see it. Do you know that many of your God stories, your journeys with God, your faith journeys, many of them started with a why to some problem in your life? They did. Think about it. And you'll be like, yep, you're right. Because way back when, you had a why. Why cancer? Why anxiety? Why depression? Why suicide? Why did I lose my job? Why can I not pay my bills? Why do I feel this way? Why? And you fill in the blank. And God used your why to that problem to get you to where you are right now. And look how far he's brought you. And it all started with a why to some problem. And God led you to a friend. Or God led you to a conversation. Or God led you to a social media post that got you to a conversation. Or maybe God led you to a friend that has led you to a church. And here you are wrestling with God, thinking about God, attention focused to God. And it all started with a why. So start with why. Start with why and then move to God what? Start with God why and move to God what? Because see, when you move past the why and get to the what, that's when the growth and the maturity and the learning and the changing really starts to happen. Now, let me clarify it. It's okay if you're stuck at why right now. Some of you, that's all you can do is eke out a God why. And maybe that's what your prayers sound like is, God, why this and why that and why this and why that? And then you're done. You ain't got anything else left. That's okay. You bring your whys to God. God can handle your whys. And your focus is to him. But at some point, you need to try to move past the whys, not that you get an answer, a satisfactory answer. You may never get an answer. We've talked about that. But move past the why to another dimension. And that's not just God why, but God what? What now do I need to learn because of this? And I wish I knew why. It doesn't make sense. But what do I need to learn? What do I need to know to grow and mature? And what do I need to experience? God, what is next for me now? Now that this problem is in my life, what do you have for me next? See, God, what? The what question keeps you moving, keeps you going, keeps you living, keeps you putting one step in front of the other while you're wrestling with why. You may never get the answer to why. So move to what so that you can begin to experience a productive end to this problem. God, what? God, whether or not you caused it, I know you're going to use it. So the issue really not is why. Ultimately, it's what. What do you want to do in my life because of this problem? A few minutes ago, I talked about how we like to freak out. You know, that's kind of our default setting. We freak out. And I know this next thing is going to sound like something pastors say, and it is a cliche, but it, it's nonetheless true. The beauty of the what question, God, what, moves you from freak out to faith. It really does. And faith is trust. That's what faith is. We use it all the time. We throw it around, and it sounds big and bad. But really, what faith is, is trust. And it moves you to a point where you're not freaking out quite as much and you're beginning to say, okay, I don't understand why. God, I don't know why. This doesn't make any sense to me. However, 
I'm going to focus now on putting one foot in front of the other, and I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you, and I'm going to keep living, and I'm going to keep going, and I'm going to keep loving, and I'm going to keep doing, and I'm going to keep trusting, putting one foot in front of the other while I'm discovering what it is you want to teach me, what it is you want me to learn, what it is you want me to know, what it is you want me to change, what it is you want me to grow into and mature into. God, I'm looking to you now. I wish I knew the why but I'm looking to you for the what. And the beauty of that is that the what will often answer why. Because I've gotten through things in my life to the what and then look back and go, well, I bet that's why. Because God wanted to get me here and God wanted to teach me this. And maybe to get me to this what, I had to wrestle with that why. And maybe that was the only way to get me to this what. I don't know. I don't know for you. But I know it's good to start with God why and then move to God what? You can see this in David's words towards the end of that section in Psalms where he's kind of venting and David was all over the place. He would vent and you would think, oh my gosh, God's going to strike him down. And then then all of a sudden he would come back with things like this. Look at this. "But, But I trust in your unfailing love. Which is it? It's both. He's freaking out and he's trusting. And I I trust in your unfailing love. I know you're trustworthy and I know you love me. This next part, I wish I understood. And I'm I'm confessing to you. I I don't really know what David is getting at here. There's a couple different options. Either one are good though. He's saying, I will rejoice because you have rescued me. Wait a second. Wasn't he just frustrated that God was not rescuing him? Yeah, so we're, we're not quite sure what David was meaning. Maybe David was referring to something in the past, and he's looking in the past and saying, God, I trust you because you've brought me through stuff before. Or maybe he's looking into the future at this current problem going, by faith, I believe you're going to rescue me. Either way, it's a statement of confidence. Either in what God has done or what God will do, it's still a statement of confidence and trust. God, you're going to rescue me. You have rescued me. And so I will sing. I'm going to put one foot in front of the other. Because see, David was a musician. So I'm going to keep doing what I do. I'm going to put one foot in front of the other. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep living as I trust in your unfailing love because in no uncertain terms, even though we laugh and how it's been turned into a cliche with a hashtag, in all seriousness, he is good. He is good. And he's gooder than you know. He's more good than we can imagine. Start with God, why? I don't know what your problem is. I don't know what you're facing. And then move to God, what? Maybe you're stuck at the why. That's okay. Start there. Or maybe you're ready to consider what? I'll I'll tell you it's a lot easier to say it than it is to do it. But that's where we're headed. That's what we need. So let's do this. I want you to pull out that piece of paper that we told you about earlier in the service. Everybody, everybody, everybody reach for it. All the cool kids are doing this, so you you won't be the only one, okay? And I want you to write down, not your name, do not put your name on this, but I want you to write down whatever problem it is that is most pressing in your life. Write down your problem. You're like, man, I got 10. Okay, pick one, pick one. Or, you know, you may have to put the initial down. You may have to draw an arrow to the person beside you. Whatever. (laughs) Write your problem down. One word, two words. Write it down. Write it down. Write it down. Write it down. 
You know, in some ways, it's therapeutic. It's healing just to get it out of your head onto a piece of paper. Or, to be honest, it may, it, it, it may feel a little worse. Because you look at this word and you're like, I can't even believe that's in my life. I never thought I would see the word divorce, depression, anxiety, thoughts of suicide. I never thought I would see bankruptcy. Never thought I would have a problem keeping a job. I never, never thought I'd see the word cancer. I, I don't know what you're writing down. But God can see every, every bit of it. He knew it before you wrote it down. This is for us. This is to help us. And here's what we're going to do. I want to ask you to stand. With that piece of paper. And in a minute, I'm going to pray for whatever it is on your paper. And I don't know what it is, and I don't need to know what it is, because we're talking to one who does. But when I pray, in just a moment, not yet, but in just a moment, as I pray, I want you to hold your card up above your head. Again, everybody's going to do this. We're going to do it together. Symbolically saying, God, why this? Why this and what? What do you want to do in my life because of this? God, why? God, what? And this symbolic offering up to God, this thing, is what we should do all throughout our week, all throughout our day, whether you have a piece of paper in your hand or not. So let's, let's do this. This will help. Everybody, cards up above your head. Let's give these to God. Father, we got a lot of problems here, and you're not surprised by any of them. So we lift them up to you, and we want to know why? Why? Why now? Why this? Why this way? Why me? Why them? Why us? Why? And even though many of my brothers and sisters are stuck right there, give us the grace and the strength to ask what? What do you want to do in our lives because of this problem we're holding up to you? What do you want to teach us? What do, you, what do you want us to grow in? What do you want us to change in? What do you want us to mature in? God, we bring this to you. You have our attention. You have our focus. May we continue to come to you as we discover the why and we discover the what and you move us along paving the way to the life you want for us and the life ultimately we want for ourselves. In Jesus' name, amen.